0: Welcome to Modern Aikidoist Podcast. Please help by liking, subscribing, and sharing this podcast if you're watching this on YouTube or Bitchute. These are all free and help out a great deal. Word of mouth is how shows like this reach more people who are interested. Another way you can support this podcast is by way of a PayPal tip jar. You can leave a donation of any amount you like or set up a monthly donation just like Patreon or Subscribestar. There's a link in the description. I sincerely appreciate your interest and support. The sword holds a special place in the hearts of most Aikido practitioners. There is some dispute about the influence of the sword in armored combat in the lineage of Aikido, but that doesn't mean these did not influence it. Although we see many photos and film of Morihei Ueshiba wielding a wooden sword, there is no evidence that he had any formal training in the sword. I think human combative behavior being what it is, it is very likely the techniques of Aikido had a history to them. They were not entirely made up by either Sakaku Takeda or Morihei Ueshiba. Martial arts which are contrived and manufactured with no basis or influence of other martial arts are more of a modern phenomenon. Back to the sword. One cannot talk about sword combat without thinking of Miyamoto Musashi, probably the most famous swordsman of all time. There are elite swordsman warriors from throughout history, but Musashi holds a special place as probably the most recognized figure when it comes to the sword. There is no such figure who does not have exaggerated tales told of their exploits or accomplishments. Some are true, others not, but the truth usually lies somewhere in between. I think one of the major reasons he is so famous is due to the book that he wrote on strategy named Go Rin No Sho, or The Book of Five Rings. The book isn't what made him famous. The fact that he defeated 80 some opponents in personal duels and was never beaten or killed in battle were the reasons he earned his renown. The book is what helped spread his name and legacy in our modern age. Just to mention on the book itself, it really is amazing. It is a book I have come back to repeatedly for over 25 years. I'll admit it's a very difficult read, almost cryptic. It is concise and almost painfully so. Musashi was not a talented writer and a man of few words. When you are writing a book at 70 years old while living alone in a cave 400 years ago, you're probably not gonna be abundant with your words. The thing about the book that I find most remarkable is that every time I go back to read it, I discover something new that I did not pick up on before. Perhaps because a certain level of understanding is necessary for some statements to make sense. Some are simple and straightforward, but others are puzzling. I highly doubt anyone today comprehends everything within it, and I would be wary of trusting anyone who claimed to. There are amazing insights within it, though, which I have found success in applying. For that reason, it is definitely on the must-read list for any martial artist or strategist. There is some interesting history in regards to Musashi that's not widely known. It's been several decades since I researched this, so forgive me if I might be a bit off with exact details. The first thing that I found very interesting about Musashi was that he favored a wooden sword. In his first single duel, he used a typical metal-bladed sword. For the other 80, and probably more, he used a wooden sword. I always wondered why that was, and never came across any real explanation for it. As I thought about why he chose this, a few things came to mind. First, he was a samurai. He certainly owned a katana, so he didn't use wood because that was his only option. In reading his book, clearly he was not haphazard or absent-minded at all. Everything he did, he did for a reason. A duel was serious business, often leaving one of the duelists dead, so I'm sure he had a very good reason for it. Metal swords and wooden swords each have their own advantages and disadvantages. First, the metal sword. Advantages is they are very sharp and require only a light cut to do serious damage. A wooden sword requires more impact to cause injury. This means more power and bigger motion to affect the target. Maybe Musashi wasn't worried about this factor. Weight is similar and perhaps the wood was just a touch heavier. With swords, even a few ounces can make a difference in handling with heavier weapons being slower. The wielder's strength can improve the speed of a heavier sword, but there are limits to this. It's physics, and that cannot be overcome by muscle. A metal sword can also do what the wooden sword cannot do well, which is kill quickly with a thrust. A thrust with a katana to just about anywhere on the body would be devastating. With a wooden sword, it would take a thrust to the eyes or perhaps throat to have much of an effect. Otherwise, it would just hurt a bit. In a highly adrenalized scenario, like a duel, this pain would be mild and likely have no appreciable effect. With these advantages to the metal bladed sword, why go with a wooden one? A few reasons which come to mind are one, wood is far more durable. At least good hardwood is. Wood is less likely to break in combat. Metal swords can be damaged by bending, chipping, or breaking. Wood is just far more resilient. Two, If something did happen to the wood, such as being nicked or dinged, it would be cheap to replace. Musashi was not a wealthy man. In fact, he lived like a peasant. Given that samurai were seeking him out and challenging him on a regular basis, it would be expensive to keep having to pay to repair and maintain your sword. Three, he could use different lengths and weights of swords as suited to the situation. One of the most remarkable stories of one of Musashi's duels was that of Ganru Island. A famous samurai challenged Musashi. This young samurai was famous for using a slightly longer than normal blade, and thus having the advantage of range. Musashi found this out and carved an even longer blade out of a boat oar as he was being rowed to the island for the duel. This young samurai was very talented and used his favorite attack. Musashi defeated him with the boat oar sword that he carved, but sustained a cut on his forehead in doing so. They both knew their range extremely well. It's often said that the saburi style of Bokan was fashioned after the simple carved boat oar that Musashi used. This is probably the Middle Ages equivalent of young basketball players wearing the same brand of shoes that the superstar player wears. If you're successful with something, others will try to copy that success right down to the tiniest detail. The choice of the wooden sword seems to indicate that Musashi didn't find thrusting very important. Perhaps he would use thrust to the eyes, or feints to the eyes at least, to elicit a response. A wooden sword needs impact to finish off an opponent. Also keep in mind that Musashi didn't just knock down opponents or injure challengers. Most often, he killed them. That means a very hard impact, which requires much more strength and better form than with a razor sharp sword. There is a school of Japanese swordsmanship which still exists today called Niten Ichiru. This ru claims an unbroken lineage to Musashi's sword techniques and teachings. There are very few dojos and instructors of it, and it's very difficult to find. It's probably wise to question the claim of direct lineage, too, for a number of reasons. First reason is, how accurate will techniques and teaching be which have gone through 400 years of distortions between teacher and student? I find it very difficult to believe that the practice and application of Musashi's approach remained intact in that long span of time. In Aikido, The techniques and approach have struggled to remain intact and many have not in just the 50 years since Sensei passed the idea that musashi's teachings survived unaltered for 400 years seems unlikely i think that there are certainly valuable things to be learned from what remains though i've seen some interesting concepts from a few modern day practitioners but don't have enough exposure to do a full analysis the second reason to be cautious of the claim of direct lineage is what plagues martial arts of all kinds Political strife. Organizations split and conflict over all kinds of things, including interpretations over what details of technique or approach are correct. How can we pick through this to find out which one Musashi would endorse? We cannot. The third reason is that unfortunately in the martial arts world, charlatans make claims which have no basis in fact whatsoever. They have a perfect scam here in that who can disprove a claim of lineage? You cannot prove a negative, so they are largely protected by someone calling them out on their claim. It's a fundamental truth that extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. What possible evidence could someone provide proving an unbroken line to Musashi? Virtually none. Certificates are about the only thing we can do, but these can be faked very easily, and even if they are true, are there enough certificates to establish a lineage back to Musashi? Definitely not. Herein lies the danger of seeking out attachment to a name or a personality, especially one which is dead or has been for 400 years. Even 50 years is far too long. Instead, look to what those people left and do the best you can to study and make what you find work. As Bruce Lee said so eloquently, absorb what is useful, discard what is useless, and add what is specifically your own. We can attempt to absorb what we are shown that a previous master used successfully, But be ready to move ahead with it. Do not linger in trying to make something work which shows little promise. It just might be that what you are shown did not actually come from the previous master, but is a variation which is not accurate to what he did. You must find what works for yourself. Back to Musashi. One thing I noticed is that in many Musashi movies, he's often portrayed as the pristine samurai, his hair neatly tied in a top knot and his clothing impeccable. This, I think, is a reflection of the Japanese infatuation with aesthetics. They admire beauty to a great degree. Unfortunately, this is a completely inaccurate portrayal of Musashi. There are a couple of movies who show him more accurately. Most accounts of Musashi indicate that he was an unkempt man with ratty hair who was known to not bathe for extended periods of time. He was poor and lived more like a peasant than an aristocrat. Given our bodies are a direct reflection of what is going on in our minds, His behavior also indicates a certain lack of concern. Or maybe it was highly focused concern that had nothing to do with personal hygiene. Musashi was famous for violating what was standard accepted behavior for samurai. For example, he would often set or agree to a duel at a prescribed time, say 9 a.m. To the samurai, keeping an appointment by being on time was considered a matter of personal honor. To be late was an insult. There are accounts of Musashi sleeping all morning after scheduling a duel. In some cases, he would arrive well after noon, making his opponent sit in frustration and anxiety for a few hours. His challenger would get insulted and more and more upset as the hours dragged on, probably starting to doubt his abilities as he did so. He would become more mentally flustered. In modern football terms, they call this icing the kicker. Make him take time to contemplate what is ahead. Make him become more anxious and afraid. In Musashi's case, he would sleep in, eat a leisurely breakfast, and let his opponent stew on the deadly duel that was about to take place. This created a mental advantage. Musashi was also extremely unpredictable. In another account, this one later in his life, he was known for two things, showing up late to duels and killing the challenger. In this case he showed up early and hid. His challenger showed up with a group of samurai instead of alone. Musashi didn't wait around to find out if the group was going to attack him, so he jumped out expectedly and killed them all. Musashi certainly was not a gentleman, and didn't play by the accepted rules of society. Maybe he played by some, and disregarded others. We'll never know for sure, but it seems evident that when his life was on the line, he had little regard for etiquette or protocol. According to what I read when I was younger, Musashi did not use a wooden sword for battle. Instead, he used metal swords, And he wielded one in each hand this was very unusual for the time short swords were generally viewed as backup weapons another influence of the musashi era was that of the jo the jo is another weapon that aikido practitioners use quite a bit the connection to musashi is that a young samurai went to challenge musashi and used a six-foot spear knowing that musashi was not above an ambush this young samurai decided to ambush musashi He did so as Musashi was sitting in a garden. Musashi beat him handily, but did not kill him. The young samurai was dejected and went into the mountains to contemplate his defeat. It occurred to him that his long weapon was too slow and limited in movement. His solution was to cut it down shorter so that it was longer than the sword, but not so long that it was slow. A shorter weapon is far more maneuverable. He honed his techniques with this new, more agile weapon for a year or two and I forget how long exactly it was, and then went to challenge Musashi again. After the duel, both sides claimed victory, but it was pretty clear that in fighting for more than half an hour that the two fought to a standstill. It's the only account of Musashi not achieving decisive victory rather quickly. Now, are the techniques that this young samurai used the same ones we see in Aikido today? Who knows? They might be, or not. We will never be sure. The Joe strikes and techniques in Aikido appear to come out of Osensei's background, which is largely bayonet work. This is fairly well established. I've also heard that he studied Sojitsu, which is spear fighting, but there are, appear to be no certificates to establish that. He may have trained in spear fighting. One thing to note though, a spear or bayonet has a sharpened tip. A plain stick doesn't have the same ability to cause injury that a sharpened tip does. This will fundamentally change the application and use of the weapon. Musashi is a fascinating man, and what he left us in his book is profound. I highly recommend it. What do you think? Please share your ideas in the comments if you are watching this on YouTube, or go to the Facebook group Aikido The Martial Side and post a comment. The Spirit Aikido Online Program is now live. Subscribers get access to video training and mentoring to techniques and training methods that I've adopted from other martial arts to make my Aikido more practical. There's a link in the description section. I invite you to check it out. I always enjoy hearing from listeners of the show, whether through comments or questions. Thank you all for sharing your interest. Enjoy your training.